You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is good, everybody? I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. Welcome to the first episode of SB Nation's Sunday Late Night Wrap-Up, where you will find out exactly what happened in every single game that was played on Sunday and what a Sunday it was. For all you young people, here's your too-long-didn't-read version. Everybody in the NFC North is 0-1. Everybody in the NFC West is 1-0. The only team in the NFC East with a win was the Eagles, and the only team in the AFC South with a win was the Texans. So, now that we got that out of the way, let's start with Sunday Night Football. In case you didn't get the chance to see it for whatever reason, you went to bed, whatever the case may be, it was all about the Rams. They unveiled their shiny new toy, Matthew Stafford, in their shiny new toy, SoFi Stadium, and it didn't take long to see what life could be like for Stafford and the Rams. Stafford takes the snap, he's back, he fakes the handoff, rolls to his left, flips his hips, looking, going deep, got a man wide open, that's Jefferson, makes the catch of the 20, stumbles down around the 15, gets to his feet, runs left across the five, into the end zone, touchdown Rams! Van Jefferson, the second year man, made a tumbling catch, nobody touched him, he got up and sprints into the end zone, a 66-yard touchdown pass, and the Rams are on the board first. Thanks to Ryan Radke of Westwood One on the call, that was the third play from scrimmage for the Rams, and they never took their foot off the gas from there. They handled the Bears 34-14. to Stafford on the day, 20 of 26 for 321 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, and a 156.1 rating. The Rams dominated on offense. They averaged almost eight yards per play. They were 6 of 11 on third down, and of course they never trailed in the game. For Chicago, it went pretty much exactly the way you thought it was going to go. Andy Dalton hung in there for a little while, but ultimately he played like Andy Dalton. 206 yards on the day and an interception. Justin Fields did get in the game a couple of times and did score a three-yard touchdown, but ultimately it was the Andy Dalton show, and, well, we know how that show ends in a 34-13 loss. Staying in the NFC now, the Saints and the Packers, and there's a simple explanation for how this game went. Aaron Rodgers and Jameis Winston switched bodies, apparently, because that's the only way I could figure out how this happened. Jameis Winston, 14 of 20 in the game for 148 yards and five touchdowns with no interceptions. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers, 133 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. It was hideous. It was ugly. It was a 38-3 win by the New Orleans Saints for the Packers. It's the fewest points in a game they've ever scored where Aaron Rodgers started and finished. 
They gained just 229 total yards, and they were 1 of 10 on third down. It was so bad, Rodgers actually got benched and Jordan Love came in. It was brutal. Clearly, the move to Jacksonville from Hurricane Ida did not affect the Saints. Don't forget, they canceled their final preseason game. They were practicing in Dallas for two weeks. None of it mattered. They didn't even punt in the first half. More good news for the Saints, by the way. They signed corner Marshawn Lattimore to a five-year deal, $97.6 million with almost $70 million guaranteed. Unfortunately, he did injure his right thumb in the game. He's going to need surgery, uh, but he is day-to-day officially, which is always amazing to me because he had surgery, but no word on how long he will be out. Another fantastic game, the Chiefs and the Browns. Cleveland came out strong and announced their presence with authority in this one. They were up 22-10 at halftime, which apparently at that point Andy Reid got the team in the locker room and was like, hey, you guys know you're the Chiefs, right? Kansas City comes out in the second half. They score points on four straight possessions to take a 33-29 lead. But the Browns had one more chance. It all came down to Baker Mayfield against the Chiefs defense with a minute and 16 seconds to go. Pump faking is Mayfield. Now we'll throw it to the left flat. It's going to be intercepted. Intercepted on the far side by Mike Hughes in his first National Football League game with the Chiefs. The former Viking first-round pick picks it off, and the Chiefs are going to pull this game out after trailing for 53 game minutes. 106.5, the Wolf and the Chiefs radio network on the call. Kansas City hangs on for the 33-29 win. Andy Reid has now won seven straight times in week one. That is the longest active streak in the league, and the Chiefs have won 15 straight games in September, thanks in large part to Patrick Mahomes. Shocker, he was good again. 337 yards, four total touchdowns, including a 75-yard bomb to Tyreek Hill, who finished with 197 yards himself on the day. Meanwhile, for Cleveland, ugh. They are 1-21 and in season-opening games since returning to Cleveland in 1999. They have lost 17 straight opening day games. Another game that dramatically turned at halftime, Pittsburgh and Buffalo. The Steelers come out of the gate with their new offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, and they struggled. Just three first downs and 54 net yards in the first half for the Steelers. But in the second half, they go on to score on each of their first four possessions, 20 straight points, and they hang on against the Bills and eke out the 23-16 win. Ben Roethlisberger didn't look great in this one, but the win does make his 36th career fourth quarter comeback. That ties Drew Brees for third on the NFL list. 18 of 32 for Big Ben, 188 yards and a touchdown. But if you're a Bills fan, after the game, Josh Allen did not seem too concerned. Quote, we're not going to panic. There's 16 games left. We know what we need to do. We know we need to execute better. This is one of the better teams we're going to play all year, to be honest with you. We have to find a way to make the adjustments and get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. By the way, the Bills will play in Miami, the only AFC East team to get a win next week. To Tennessee we go next where Arizona came into town and they were not good house guests because they put a whooping on the Titans 38 to 13. Five total touchdowns for Kyler Murray, five sacks for Chandler Jones, and two forced fumbles for him. They 
dominated the Titans in every possible way. Derrick Henry just 58 yards rushing, averaged only 3.4 yards per carry. There was nothing good going on for Tennessee. After the game, head coach Mike Vrabel said, quote, it's unfortunate. It's disappointing. There's no other way to put it. It sucks when you lose. He wasn't the only Titan, to be honest, after the game. Taylor Lewan, offensive lineman, tweeted, Got my ass kicked today. No way around that. I let the team and the fans down. Thank you, Chandler Jones, for exposing me. It will only force me to get better. Some would argue it could show other teams a blueprint on how to beat you, but I'm just going to, you know, let's just focus on the positive here, Taylor. Good luck to you. But the Arizona Cardinals dominating in week one. Staying in the NFC West, the 49ers were dominating. They were up 41-17 to with about six minutes to go in the game. And then the wheels started to come off. Detroit scored 23 points in a little over three minutes, including getting an onside kickback. They pulled within eight points. They get the ball back thanks to a 49ers fumble. Detroit is driving down the field. It's fourth down from the San Francisco 24 with 12 seconds left. And the 49ers defense makes a stand. Goff in the gun. They're out of timeouts. Goff back. Goff time. Goff throws out. Wide left into the ground. Incomplete. No flags down. The 49ers. Woo-hoo! Oh, my goodness. We'll get out of this with a victory. How did this get so close? Who cares? They're going to win the game. We'll sort it out later. <laughs> Greg Papa and Tim Ryan on KMBR. Woo, it was nerve-wracking for me as a 49er fan, but they do get the win. Unfortunately, injuries continued to be a major problem for San Francisco. Raheem Mostert went down after just two carries in this game. He did not come back. And cornerback Jason Verrett injured his knee in a non-contact fashion. It looks like it's a torn ACL. It's not 100% confirmed, but that is devastating for Verrett, who's had a ton of injury problems, and for the 49ers, who are not deep in the secondary as well. There was talk after the game of the Niners bringing in Richard Sherman. Kyle Shanahan said that he had talked about it with Richard before the game anyway and, quote, it's always a possibility, but a scary game for San Francisco. They almost blew it, but they hang on again. They get the 41-33 to win. To Atlanta we go now, where if anybody was not on the Jalen Hurts train, they might be looking for a boarding pass after this one. Hurts throws for 264 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, also scrambled for 62 yards in a dominant 32-6 win over the Falcons. The 32 points by the Eagles is more than they scored in any game last season. Everybody got in on the fun. Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Dallas Goddard all catch a touchdown pass. Smith, by the way, led the Eagles with six catches for 71 yards in his first game. And the Philly defense, by the way, not to be overlooked, up to the task, holding Atlanta to just 260 total yards in the game. After the Falcons scored two field goals on their first two drives, they never advanced past the Eagles' 49-yard line in the game. If you're wondering about rookie Kyle Pitts, he was obviously expected to do very big things in his rookie year. He did not show much in his NFL debut. He was targeted eight times, but he finished with just four catches for 31 yards. Let's go to the nation's capital now, where the Chargers were in town to take on the Washington football team. Kind of a sloppy game. There were a lot of penalties, some turnovers, but in the end, it came down to quarterbacks. The Chargers got the ball back with six minutes and 43 seconds left in the game. They had a four-point lead, and they never 
gave it back because Justin Herbert took the team 72 yards and 15 plays to salt away the 20-16 win. Herbert on the day, 337 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. He also converted 14 of 19 third downs in the game, which is absolutely incredible, especially against one of the best defenses in the league, which Washington clearly has. Austin Eckler's status was sort of up in the air, but he ended up gaining 57 yards on 15 carries in the game. He scored a touchdown. Afterwards, he said, quote, fantasy football owners, we made it to week one. He said he had more than 50 text messages earlier in the week when he missed practice. Eckler added, quote, we made it through. Hopefully, I got points for y'all. You did, Austin, and thank you very much. For Washington, the loss is bad enough, but starting quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick was also hurt midway through the second quarter. According to Ian Rappaport of NFL Media, the injury is a partially dislocated hip, or as he put it, a subluxation. That's when the ball is not fully in the socket in your hip. He's going to have an MRI Monday to confirm. It's a serious injury, but the hope is that nothing was broken. Taylor Henneke, solid in relief, 11 of 15 for 122 yards and a touchdown pass to Logan Thomas. In New England, Mac Jones became the first rookie quarterback to start for the Patriots since Drew Bloodsell in 1993, and he had the team in position to take the lead with just over three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, Damian Harris fumbled at the Miami 9-yard line. The Dolphins recovered and salted away the rest of the game. They hang on for the 17-16 win. It's actually Miami's second straight win over the Patriots because Tua beat them last year when they played for the second time. By the way, speaking of Tua, he was effective on the day, 202 yards, two total touchdowns. He did have an interception. Mac Jones, on the other hand, steady if not spectacular, 281 yards, did throw a touchdown pass as well, but like I said, Miami gets an important 17-16 win. They are the only team in the AFC East to walk away from week one with a victory. In Indianapolis, the Colts welcomed in the Seahawks, and well, it didn't really go great for them, not going to lie. This just in, Russell Wilson, he's still really good. After taking no snaps in the preseason, Wilson led the Seahawks to touchdowns on their first two drives, finished the first half with a perfect 158.3 passer rating, never looked back. Seattle goes into Indy and gets the 28-16 win. Four touchdown passes for Russell Wilson on the day. And the Seahawks have no problem traveling east to play in these early games. They have now won 12 of their past 13 games in that spot. Meanwhile, the Colts, well, they can't get their act together in week one. They have lost eight straight season openers, and the past five of those have all come with different starting quarterbacks. Carson Wentz, not terrible in his debut, 25 of 38 with 251 yards and two touchdowns, but it just wasn't enough. After the game, he said, quote, guys are frustrated with the loss. I think everyone takes it hard and is accountable for their own mistakes, but I can see how hungry the guys are in there. We're frustrated from it, but we'll learn from it. We actually had an overtime game in week one, thanks to Minnesota and Cincinnati. With a minute 47 left in regulation, Kirk Cousins drove the Vikings 60 yards in nine plays and allowed Greg Joseph to kick a 53-yard field goal with no time left on the clock. 
But then in overtime, nobody wanted to score. Each team got the ball twice, but on the Vikings' second possession, Dalvin Cook fumbles at the Cincinnati 39-yard line. That was all the opportunity the Bengals needed. Joe Burrow takes him down 46 yards in seven plays, and rookie kicker Evan McPherson drilled a 33-yarder to give Cincinnati the win over Minnesota. Joe Burrow, of course, playing his first game back from that horrible knee injury last year. 20 of 27, 261 yards and two touchdowns. Joe Mixon chipped in, by the way, 150 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. And rookie Jamar Chase, remember all the trouble he had catching the ball in the preseason? Then he came out and said that the NFL ball is harder to catch because it looks different. Well, I think he figured it out. Five catches, 101 yards, including a 50-yard touchdown. Sam Darnold had the opportunity to get revenge over the Jets, and he didn't miss it. 279 yards for Darnold on the day, had a passing and a rushing touchdown as Carolina gets the 19-14 win over Gang Green. Christian McCaffrey, by the way, welcome back. He missed 13 games last year, and he picked up right where he left off. 30 touches on the day, 187 yards from scrimmage, but the Panthers, like I said, get the win. For the Jets, Zach Wilson made his debut, threw for 258 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. And unfortunately for him, he was also sacked six times in the game. That is clearly not an ideal situation. Corey Davis playing his first game for the Jets after signing a free agent deal there. Five catches, 97 yards, and two touchdowns. There was a big injury in this game also. It was for the Jets. Starting left tackle Makai Becton went down in the second half with a knee injury. He did not return. It looked serious on the field. Becton was clearly upset, but Ian Rappaport tweeted Sunday that it appears to be an MCL sprain, which is good news considering the other possibilities obviously being ACL. MCL is not as serious, but Becton will have an MRI Monday to confirm. The other team in New York, the Giants, well, they really didn't fare much better. They lose to the Broncos 27-13. to Teddy Bridgewater came out and showed out a little bit. 28 of 36, 264 yards. Nine different Broncos receivers caught a pass, and Denver dominated time of possession in this game. They kept the ball for more than 35 minutes. The only bad news for Denver, second-year wide receiver Jerry Judy was carted off the field in the third quarter with an ankle injury. He did not return. He had six catches and a team-high 72 yards for Denver, so that's obviously a situation to keep an eye on. Saquon Barkley made his return for the Giants. He really couldn't get going, much like the offense that he played for. 10 carries for just 26 yards for Saquon. His longest run was 5 yards. That's embarrassing. And last but not least, the Houston Texans are not going to go winless. Tyrod Taylor threw for 291 yards and two touchdowns. He leads Houston to the 37-21 win over Trevor Lawrence and the mistake-prone Jaguars. It was a rough debut for Lawrence overall. 332 yards, which was great. Three touchdowns, also great, but three picks. And he had a bunch of overthrows and some drops mixed in there as well. Not great for him. Obviously not great for Urban Meyer, who lost the first season opener of his head coaching career. He had entered the game having won 17 straight openers. Of course, those all came as a college coach. Not the case in Jacksonville. Just got news for you, Jags fans. Get used to losing because it's probably not going to be the last time it happens to you this year. 
I don't know how many games the Texans are going to win, but congratulations. This was one of their winnable games on the schedule, and they took advantage. By the way, Jake Glazer said before this game that Houston is actually keeping Deshaun Watson separate from the rest of the team. Watson, of course, doesn't want to play. He wants to trade out of town. He's got a whole bunch of legal issues, as you clearly know by now. So the team has decided to just keep him in a separate part of the facility. He's sort of persona non grata, and I guess at least for one week, it worked for Houston. That's going to do it for this edition of the Late Night Wrap-Up. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please follow the SB Nation NFL show now. Leave us a five-star rating and a review as well. It takes a little extra time on your part. I promise you it makes a huge difference for us. It helps other people find us, and we really do appreciate that. Enjoy your week, everybody. One more game to go in week one. It's Raiders-Ravens Monday Night Football. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. We'll talk tomorrow.